0: Welcome to
1: this is what we've been talking. About. <laughs> How's it going, James?
0: You guys have missed us, haven't you? It's
1: been a whole man. Week. You guys don't even know what to do with yourselves during the week. We should be we should have a podcast every single day. Just to help every day, so nobody could listen. Yeah, to it. so we can have nobody more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! You, you guys are missing some good topics, man.
0: Yeah, a lot going on in the world, you know, between good sports stuff yeah. and just life and right. You know, we, you know, maybe nobody's paying attention, but you know, we've gotten an election in two days. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Kind of a big deal. A little bit, a little bit of a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's just such a sh- shit show, basically. Everywhere you go. I don't even know who to vote for anymore, you know? Well, yeah, I mean,
0: I, yeah, anyways, I certainly (laughs) wouldn't vote for people who, you know, are responsible for this inflation and gas prices being five, six bucks a gallon. And, you know, uh, the cost of every good being outrageous and, you know, you're, you your good job making six figures can barely get by right now. Dude, think about what
1: happened like just like 2 or 3 years ago. Where were we? We were we were riding high, man, and people were getting upset about some bad tweets, some mean tweets. Yeah. They're all up yeah. in arms about it. Yeah. yeah, all
0: you pussies got your, you know, selves all bent out of shape over some mean tweets so you voted an Alzheimer's patient into office. And now we have the highest inflation of all time. You know, we have the worst gas prices. There's no jobs. People are more angry than they've ever been because you couldn't
1: handle some mean tweets. He was saying some bad things about not even bad things. Just he was saying things that were on the edge. I'll give you I'll give you that. They're on the edge. All right. Fine. Yep. But. And, you know, Alan, you and I might
0: not have agreed with everything no, he tweeted. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But, you know, he was unconventional in the sense that he'd say whatever was on his mind. He didn't care what the the consequences or repercussions were. Yeah. And, you know, people who leaned in the opposite direction of where he leaned got all bent out of shape over everything. Like, oh, it's it's, you know, this is not becoming of the office of the presidency. And. You know, and and say what you want, but part of me is like, you know, maybe it was time
1: for a president to not give a crap about. It absolutely was, dude. When the media, when yeah. when he was saying some of those things, and it was a little bit, you know, kind of like almost a shock, even to me, even though I was agreeing with a lot of it, I was like. Oh, Oh my gosh, he's actually saying these words. That's awesome. And I was pumped yeah, about right. it. I was like, yeah, finally, we got somebody who's like, got some balls in the White House to say what it is, yeah. man. Let's, yeah. uh, let's stop yeah. messing around and get down to it. And you know what? When you get down to it, it's not very clean and nice and pretty. All right. It's, it's not, dirty. It's <clears throat> and it makes yeah. people cry sometimes. Yep. And, you know, when you look
0: at the last the couple of presidents prior to him, you know, we've talk, talked a little bit on this podcast about how the institutions are controlled by progressives and liberals. And, you know, one of those institutions is the media. And so when Obama was in the White House for eight years, he basically had a clean slate. Like he could say and do whatever he wanted. He got defended by the media. And basically, you know, he was not held accountable on any level. You go back to president prior to him, George W. Bush. And again, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge George W. Bush fan. I I supported him over who the left had had nominated, but um but, but let's cast that aside for a second. He, you know, got a he got a browbeating from the media and literally just took it. And you know, yeah. on some level I think that's respectable. Yeah. I do. I do think sometimes like being the bigger, you know, this is a man's podcast. Sometimes being the bigger man is taking the heat, taking all sorts of bull crap and awful things being said
1: about you and just taking it, swallowing it and standing strong. I think that's probably what people were talking about, how Trump was not doing that. He was like coming out with both gun barrels, you know? Yeah. to some degree, he was, you know, justified in that. And the other side of that is exactly what you're getting to, I think, was, you know, respecting as a man, like, okay, you got your opinion. That's fine. Or mm-hmm. uh, the president of the United States, that office and that person should be respectable and and say, okay, you got your opinion. Um, and yeah. And that's what he did. He didn't really fire back. You know, but Trump did. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. Well, and I think, yeah. And I think Trump got to the point where it was like, you know what? Okay.
0: I can respect what George W. did. And that was what the political climate was at that time. But he was kind of thinking, you know what? Like, this is different now. And he recognized that the institution called the media was slanted in one direction. And he wasn't going to put up. Right. with Right. And he came out. He was going to call. Yeah, he came
1: out ahead of it. He's like, let me just tell you something right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He came out punching, you know, but I mean, and a lot, what people don't realize though, in a lot of his controversial comments, a lot of them were response comments, you know, to what was already, he was already being accused of. Like he, he doesn't come out like landing the first punch.
1: A lot of times it's, it's a return punch, you know? Yeah. No, I, I could see that, you know, and, James the other side of that is what I was going to comment earlier was you know Trump did and said these things seemingly super aggressive and uh, you're right I, I think uh, you know looking back just in my mind, I, I feel like maybe it was just response stuff. A lot of it was but but here's a guy who probably, I, I'm going to criticize him for a minute because I, I think he probably could have went about it a whole different way and still come across as uh, aggressive and a man and and on top of things instead of uh, uh, coming out the way he did. And, and In other words, doing exactly what we were talking about is sort of like quieting the monster stuff, right? He didn't mm-hmm. quiet the yeah. monster as well as maybe he should have. Perhaps, yep. but yep. the message was clear, and the message I really enjoyed at the time was that: "Listen, this is what it is, and we're not gonna we're not gonna take it, and we're not mm-hmm. gonna, uh, you know, your stuff is fake news, your stuff is made up stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, all yeah. that. You know, it's a it's a coined phrase now, fake news, but back then, I mean, he was calling it as he saw it: it's fake news, man." Yeah. what is this and how much of it and how much of it turned out to be
0: fake news mm-hmm. and how many conspiracy theories in the last four years have turned out to be mm-hmm. true. Like yeah. the majority of right. them, you right. know? And right. so, yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly I think even people on the right would feel that it would have been more effective if he was slightly more polished. Yeah. But, um, you can't deny his movement, you know? and, mm-hmm. You know, as much as the left wants to make MAGA seem like some sort of right wing, like completely out of touch, uh, almost, you know, uh, way super on the right, it's not. You know, MAGA's really, it's really just right wing and it's hardworking Americans who are sick of the, the government machine, you know, and uh, again, it's not perfect. That's the thing we're. that's the thing that we have to realize here is a democracy capitalism is the best government system
1: we have it's not perfect right yeah no it's not it's not perfect uh but hey you know it's overcome a lot of uh you know obstacles obstacles over the 200 years or whatever and uh you know we we the kids these days, you know, I'm going to sound like an old fart, but kids these days are like thumbing their nose at it. You know, yeah. we worked well, hard they don't know they're stupid. I mean, we, I didn't work hard at it, but our troops did and our policies did over two centuries worked yeah. hard to say we are the best and we make the best stuff and we do what's right all the time as much as we can. Yep yeah for sure so anyway i don't know what i'm voting but i guess i'm gonna vote something yeah
0: I gotta look into it man you got two days and uh you know a lot of people don't care about you know not you know the the off off year voting you know uh no presidential election but this one's a big one you know there's all sorts of congress people and governors and you know a lot of them are like more actually a lot of these directly affect each of us more than your presidential election years, because a lot of these are like your really local elections that, yeah. you know, influence a lot of your communities. So, you know, get out and vote and um, make your voice heard.
1: Yeah, because that's our, that's our right. That's our privilege as Americans is to, vote the people who are making our policy. And listen, man, if you don't want to pay pay 10 bucks for a loaf of bread, you better get out there.
0: Yeah.
1: We can sit here and complain all we want, but
0: ultimately, either if you don't vote or you vote poorly, you know, you're in some, on some level, you're responsible for some of what's going on. Now, certainly one vote can't Often doesn't swing things in a different direction, but you know, get your friends out and vote. Get people out, out, out there. You know, make your voice heard. Try to make a change. You know, lots of things need to change right now. We're heading in a bad
1: direction, so get out there and vote. So last night, buddy, I was watching the World Series.
0: Oh yeah. boy,
1: did you see it? What a disappointing outcome! <laughs> no, I I actually <laughs> didn't took, see much it. Much like much like a lot of the elections around here, the outcome you're not going to like no matter what it is. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But uh, hey, look, let's go back to our predictions. I believe that my prediction was Houston Astros over the Dodgers in six. I believe that's what I said. And then do you remember what yours was? I don't I think That's yours terrible. was I think yours was Mets over Houston in 7 or, or six, something like I think.
0: that. Yeah, Mets didn't even make it, but
1: I did pick Houston to go. Yeah.
0: But I I I let my emotion, you know, get into my picks and I hate Houston,
1: so I could not pick them to win even though I knew they were a good team. I get that. I get that. And they could have easily lost. It was just Uh, timely hitting i mean for crying out loud they they had they threw a new hitter by committee and we can get a fake yeah we can get into that here here in a minute but uh and then you know last night's game it was broken open by this monster moonshot three-run homer dude it was unbelievable wow it was Mm. shocking like in the sixth inning. Yeah. But anyway, so they won in six. And I do believe that counts that I win this one. Houston Astros in six. I didn't pick that. You didn't <laughs> win nothing. though. you had the wrong <laughs> opponent. You had the wrong opponent. <laughs> you were closer than me, but you're still a loser. <laughs> Not, uh, neither one of us is playing in any game, dude. Nah. No, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> But I told uh, I told James about this documentary called uh, 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 Facing Nolan. I think. Do we talk about it yet or not? But uh, in any case. I can't remember. I mean, because
0: sometimes I can't remember what we've talked about off air and on air. But yeah. like, yeah, you you'd brought it up like, hey, man, there's this uh, documentary about Nolan Ryan who, you know, I remember being a young kid and just getting into like baseball, the sport baseball cards, you know, collecting cards yeah. and just kind of, you know, honestly, it's, it's funny how sports card collecting kind of gets you into understanding who's good and who's yeah. not, you Is know, it, like cards that are worth money or like you can look at the back and look at their stats, reading the
1: stats. Oh, I didn't even know they yeah. were on the Mets or I didn't know they played or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. It's cool, man. Especially like for that, a pitcher. You're as a, yeah, as a kid. It's, it's really cool because, you know, you're picking up in the middle of a very long history, right? So you pick up on All a right. player that's like good or on your team or or very popular or whatever, and then you get their card and you start reading about it. Yeah. And that's really before internet. That was really your source of information for who this guy was and what he. Oh my gosh, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have another source, really.
0: You know, like with a guy like Nolan, you flip his card over and you're like, well, like, you know, so when I started collecting was like 87 to to 90 were kind of the years that I started to kind of like just in a, you know, in a spotty way, start to buy, buy sports cards. And you you flip it over and the dude's been in the league already, like (laughs) a ton of years. You're looking at all the strikeouts he has, his ERA, his wins. And you're like, all right, this guy's good. And you know, you'd kind of already heard who some of the good players were, um, you know, just through the news and through, you know, different s- sports circuits and things like that. But, you know, you, the sports cards, you flip them over and you look and, oh, like this hitter's like, you know, a 300 hitter, 20 something home runs, all these RBIs. Right. That's how you learn about these yeah. guys, you know? Yeah.
1: And uh, Nolan Ryan, man. So as a big baseball fan, all right, you know, I knew about Nolan Ryan, you know, y- you know, he was like solid, he's strikeout king and all this stuff. And I remember, uh, going to, um, uh, uh taking my brother, my little brother, straw hat to the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You gotta tell you gotta
0: tell the listener why you call him straw hat. All right, all right, all right. So my little (laughs) brother—I don't even know the dude's name. No, actually, I do do. know his name, but I know him like seventy-five percent as straw hat and twenty-five percent as his real name. But
1: go ahead. So he's uh, three years younger than me. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very close and we're very competitive and we're putting each other down all the time. So one time it was like over Thanksgiving or Christmas, we're standing in the kitchen and my, my hair, (laughs) I started to go bald, you know? And, uh, and he, um, he commented on it. He was like, Hey, uh, you know, um, no, 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 no. He, He was commenting on my face. He was like, Hey, Hey, nice face, you know? Like yes. I'm ugly. Right. And I, and yeah. I, and, and he was losing his hair and he was starting yep. to try to like do anything he could to keep it. Right. But it was like yeah. really thin and he's got kind of blondish red hair, you know, more blonde. And so I just looked at him and I said, Hey, nice straw hat. <laughs>
0: And he probably doesn't even realize how much enjoyment you and I get over like <laughs> no. that one comment from years he probably ago. Probably doesn't
1: even remember it. But man, nah. I was so proud of that man. I was like, that was what great. A that was a great one-liner. Oh yeah. But anyway, I took Straw Hat to to the Orioles game, and uh, because Nolan Ryan was pitching. He was with the Rangers. What year was it? So this? it was before Camden Yards. So I want to say it was ninety or ninety-one, somewhere in there. Man. So uh yeah. So I, I went to see him because I was like, oh Nolan Ryan's pitching. we gotta get tickets. And you know, it was easy to get tickets. You know, you could just go yeah. there and get the tickets. And I'm trying to think, like in his
0: so who was he playing for in ninety ninety one? Rangers. Texas Rangers. Okay. So it was the, oh, that's okay. So that was the last stop for him then. Okay.
1: So yeah. I took my dad's camera. I got permission from my dad, you know, even though I was like 20, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so I asked my dad to take his really nice camera at the time, you know. I was like, I got to get some good pictures of uh, Nolan. So, you know, in the typical, you know, tuck you, when he's wind up and, and so anyway, we're we're before the game, he's walking in from the bullpen, you know, with his trainer, and the trainer's got the bag, and he's just walking in. And uh we're standing like at the at the at the at the wall next to like first base, you know, and he's walking in and we're like, hey, Nolan, 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 hey, yeah, you know, whatever. And deadpan looking straight ahead as at his footsteps you know he's just focused yep. on the game dude he wasn't looking up for nothing nope. he ain't signing nothing he ain't looking at you he ain't saying hi he was game mode 110 yep. it was awesome it was awesome i respected it even though i was mad i wanted to get his autograph or something yep yeah hey, it was awesome man that was a good that was a good time but do you remember like what happened Gosh, i wish game? i did and i meant to go back and look at some of that stats for that day maybe i will during the course of this podcast but uh but anyway so so yeah. I, I i turned you on I, or i let you know about yeah. this documentary because it's all about yeah i hadn't it. heard of it yeah so, so yep. what'd you think man
0: man you know i love stuff like that yeah
1: so it's very well done I, by
0: the way It wasn't like cheesy. It was. It wasn't, you know, and I I don't even know how to completely articulate everything that that documentary like means and like showed and it was phenomenal. You know, you have this man who grew up from humble beginnings in, in, in Texas And when he first came out, he was an incredible power pitcher. Could throw the ball so fast and so hard, but he had some control issues. Yeah. You know, he walked a lot of guys. He hit a lot of guys, but he struck out a lot of guys. You know, a lot of guys couldn't hit him. And, you know, this documentary talked about that and talked about his early successes, but also some of his struggles and he played for a number of teams over his career, whether it be, you know, the team not thinking that he was really in their long-term plans, like in the beginning. And then he gets traded and then he just, you know, plays incredible for the next team. And then, then he kind of felt underappreciated and said, hey, you know, I'm going to go on to somebody else and, you know, gets a big contract somewhere else. Yep. And, but everywhere he went, he made an impact. Mm. You know he, what and, and I'm not talking about just statistically or with you know baseball success, he made an impact with what kind of man he was. Yeah, you know, such a hardworking man who was had strong moral character and hard work and just all those things basically you'd see in his performance in baseball as well. You know, he worked out, he worked hard. He worked out on the off season. He tried hard. You know, he, he, he always took the extra step uh, physically and emotionally and just devoted himself fully to his craft.
1: So, uh, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, he, that was the epitome of a baseball player. Like when you talk about baseball players who are, you know, Mm -hmm. beloved by the, not only their team, but their teammates and the fans and everybody else. It's because they have that character built within them. It's not because of what they did on the field. It's that plus right. they're a good guy outside of the field. And and yeah. this, this guy seemingly has it just a quick aside here, man, April 20th, 1991 at uh Memorial stadium, the year, the last year of Memorial stadium, uh, that, was the, that game? was the game Baltimore versus Texas, uh, Texas, won one, nothing. Oh, my God. And gosh. Uh, Nolan Ryan got the win. He pitched seven and a third innings, gave up four hits, two walks and 10 strikeouts. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And think about it. That's like so cool, dude. That was near the end of his career. Yeah, kind yeah. of, you know,
0: the 90s. Yeah. Right. At least that decade. Right. And he was still throwing seven and two thirds. (laughs) I know. Or a third, whatever. Like basically. Yeah. I mean, okay. So let's talk about him for a second, because here's the thing, man. Yeah. His records. I'm going to go out there and say they're they're never going to be broken, man. (sighs) So some of them, I mean, some of them might, but like 5,000 strikeouts never happen again. Right
1: seven no-hitters.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: That that is so unbelievable, dude.
0: Look, he threw them throughout different
1: phases of his career, too, like early, middle, and end. Dude, 324 wins. I mean, so a a 300-plus game winner. And his record, his one-loss record was not that great.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing, man. If he would have been on good teams he would have been a 400 winner like seriously it it, it talked about that it talked about that in the um in the document in the documentary a little bit about how like a bunch of those games he was getting like one run support yeah you know and he was like (laughs) losing like one year he finished with a losing record and it was like (laughs) he wasn't it wasn't because he was pitching poorly you know, it was, it was one of those situations where it's just on a on a team that didn't produce a lot of runs, and so like you can't just look at statistics and not know the whole picture of the dominance this guy had. So check
1: that. Okay, real real quick, if you don't mind, yeah, I, I'm yeah, just gonna run yeah. through. Uh, uh the, this is an article from the uh, dot com. Okay, real quick, um, records that will never be broken. Uh, records of Nolan Ryan's. That'll never be broken. Okay. The seven, no hitters, the 5,714 yep. strikeouts, of course, 27 year career. Whew. That's pretty
0: good. Yeah. Okay. Hold on yeah. for a second. I want you to keep yeah. going with these statistics, okay. but hold okay. on. Everyone talks about Tom Brady and his longevity and how long he's been good for. Right. And I think we should. Yep. I think we should. This is not a moment for me to say, oh, that's bull crap. Look at this guy. No, I think we should talk about that.
1: But why aren't people talking about Nolan Ryan? 27 years. This guy is the greatest of all time, dude.
0: He is. And I don't think there's an argument against that. Like after, especially after watching that documentary and just seeing all of his records and what he's done and through different decades, and different teams and different eras and just thinking he's the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah. Hands
1: down. There's no one even close the to the only thing that would, I, I think he would be in the conversation a lot more had he won multiple rings. You know what I mean? Right. And again,
0: he only, won, he only won one. Yeah. Right? I
1: think so with the, and that was in the
0: early days when he wasn't even as like best with the yet. Miracle Mets, right? He wanted it
1: then yeah, 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 I think that was the only one he I'm won. I'm pretty sure. Cuz the Astros didn't win one and nope. uh and the Rangers didn't win one. Angels, Angels didn't and Rangers didn't. No. So, how about how about them Apples, dude?
0: All right. Yeah but that's where we could get into a whole nother conversation about like, I I, and I think I've brought this up on this podcast before about how, like we put too much emphasis on a team sport saying, well, how many rings did they win? Like, you could still be the greatest of all time and not win a ton of rings or win one or win...
1: I, I don't know. I think it's an argument that's worth having. It's funny that you brought that up because you are a Yankee fan, and Yankees fans usually put the 27 World Championships into everybody's face. But I will say this. As a baseball fan, I i have to acknowledge that's pretty good, right? But number one. And number two, um, <clears throat> the Yankees are probably... Uh, really good because they've had multiple amazing historic figures on their teams, yeah. not just one. They didn't just have Babe Ruth; they had Joe DiMaggio. Right. They had uh, you know Mickey it just Man keeps going, and right? Then,
0: you know, Lou Gehrig and like you uh, know Maris, yeah. even
1: like I mean, it yeah. just and now Judge. I mean, like it just Jeter, all that stuff. So it just keeps going, and it's and it's it's pretty amazing. So. I have to tip the cap on the Yankees, even though I'm not a fan, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like, I still think, you know, we, we focus
0: too much on statistics and on, you know, championships when we should really look at how incredible was this player in space and time. Mm. And, you know, Nolan Ryan was the best. You can't, you listen. I'll go to my deathbed, man. Arguing, there's not a better pitcher. Like, tell me somebody who was better or more dominant. I mean, honestly, and in and f- and in fairness, I didn't get to see a lot of the older guys, like yeah. like Sandy Koufax and some of the other people that they do mention in the in the um, documentary. But like, I'm thinking in my lifetime, one guy who was incredible, Greg Maddox. Yeah, you know, yeah. but he wasn't really a power pitcher. He was more of a control pitcher, and like, just like incredible accuracy on the corners, and just striking people out that way, or you know. But Nolan Ryan,
1: those those strikeouts, man, he just struck everybody out. Let me throw a couple more at you. Lifetime yeah. batting average against, okay, just take <laughs> I don't know. right, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Think about this. Lifetime batting average against lifetime now. 204. <laughs> what? You ain't, so two, you ain't gonna hit him. Two out of ten yeah, times
0: you get right. a hit. The other eight you're striking out.
1: <laughs> because there weren't a lot of like anything else. Speak you struck everybody All out. Right, speaking of strikeouts, 383 strikeouts in a season. Was his record? This is the only record. Uh Let's see. Randy Johnson is the closest that anybody came. Uh, wait, oh, since Randy Johnson retired, the closest anybody has come is Garrett Cole, who threw 326 strikeouts in 2019, and and the record's <laughs> 383, sixty <laughs> some batters. <laughs> right? Come on, man. Well, okay. Some of this is because Nolan Ryan pitched complete games. Not only did he have a long career, but he, he pitched later into the game. Right. And I don't think that's a knock on him.
0: I don't think that's like a a situation where we're like, well, you know, we can't compare his stats to Garrett Coles or so-and-so's because they're like getting pulled in the sixth. Why are they getting pulled in the sixth? I think that actually fortifies Nolan's legacy
1: like the dude didn't want to come out and like just kept pitching. Right. There's a couple of pitchers that I was thinking that comes close to that. So going back to the World Series, no hitter. This guy who was throwing the start of the game was was just dealing, right? But they pulled him. I think in the 6th inning. And and then so two or three other pitchers came in and finished the game. Now, We got to talk about that just for a minute because it's remarkable for one person to do it for nine innings, right? Like a Nolan Ryan or anybody to just get into a zone and pitch nine innings because you got to sit on the bench and wait and think about it and go back out and do it again. But it's also kind of interesting that new people come in and the batter now, I think, has the advantage, I feel like. To get a hit because they're not facing the same stuff, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough call. But although part of me
0: thinks, well, okay, in some regard, yeah,
1: on some level, the better. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry there. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's definitely an interesting conversation. Uh, That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) You're right over there.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, certainly, especially if a pitcher's dealing, it definitely helps, you know, the hitter to, to, to have somebody else. But I think in like today's baseball, it's a little bit different because the guys they bring in in like the seventh, eighth and ninth, like that's, that's their claim to fame. That's their specialty. Mm. Like, you know i can remember certain teams having they've got a 7th inning guy they've got an 8th inning 8th inning guy and then they've got a closer right. you know and so these guys know they're going in and they're like i got to get 3 outs or i got to do such and such you know and that's all they have to do so part of me wonders yeah certainly the the batters have, have have an advantage knowing that it's not that ace that you know just got taken out of the game but part of me also wonders about these pitchers who that's all they have to do. They're the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning guy. You know, the closer are the seventh and eighth inning guy, and they're coming in fresh. You know, throwing so fast. Yeah. You know, they haven't thrown all game. I don't know. It's it's a different it's a different situation. It's a
1: different game, and it's a different situation right now. If I'm up at bat <clears throat> all game, all right, and I've already had two yeah. uh, bats right against this guy, he's just dealing and he's mowing everybody yeah. down. And yeah. People are like. You know? And it kind of gets into your head. You're like going up, you're going, oh, I got a very less, yeah. less chance than I did at yesterday's game or at the beginning of this game. And when I see yep. that guy pulled out of the game, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, it's an opportunity. Yes. It's an
0: opportunity. So I totally agree with your stance on that. It certainly can be an opportunity
1: for that guy. But when you, when it comes down to it, when you go, wow, my team got a no hitter. With five different pitchers. I'm like, that it's, a, it's a letdown, man. It's kind of like, ah. Oh. Now, now, like full
0: disclosure, that, that might be my opinion because I hate the Houston Astros. <laughs> and if it would have happened with another team, would I felt differently? But let me give you a little bit of. It's a purist standpoint, man. It, it is. Let me give you. It is. But let me give you a, a an alternative let me just give you another opinion. All right. So my, my buddy, who's one of my workout partners, you know, we run and bike and do different things together. He's like completely not interested in sports. He, his sport is he does like triathlons and he's into all that. Does stuff. he rub you down okay. after the workout? No, right. he's not gay, but, <laughs> um, but he's not into sports. He's just not. And I haven't found a whole lot of men that aren't, hmm. but okay. Yeah. Cool dude, really nice guy, smart, tough kid, right. you know, just does everything right. I was telling him about the Astros quote unquote no hitter. Yeah. And he even chimed in and said, That doesn't count. You know, it was three different pitchers. That doesn't count. I'm like, Yes, thank you. An unbiased, uneducated sports opinion was like,
1: that doesn't count. Yeah, because when you think about a no hitter, you think one pitcher did that. But yes. technically, the Phillies didn't get a hit all game. So
0: they didn't get a hit all game. So it's a no but hitter. I think it should be almost called something else, you know, because. Mm. Yeah. Why'd they. Okay, so I didn't watch that game either, but why'd they pull the pitcher that had the no hitter going into the well I,
1: I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know because he was dealing. It's not like he hurt. He was hurt or something. He get pulled between innings, so uh, yeah. it wasn't like he got into trouble somehow. Uh, yeah. What was the score too? Like how many runs did the
0: Astros have? They had a few runs, right? Like it wasn't yeah. like it was one nothing. No, I think it was like things.
1: five nothing. So yeah, so at that point, why don't you let the guy go for a little? That's bit? what I was thinking. You know, and the question. Okay, so something that came up with that to answer that question is. Okay, this is this is the World Series. Am I going to succumb to history and let him finish and possibly burn his arm and so I can't call on him should it go to game six or seven, right? Or should I let him go and see what happens and maybe he gets history? I right. uh, I don't know, man. I mean, the the baseball now is so crazy with pitch count. And Nolan Ryan even talked about it in that documentary. He was like, pitch count. The heck is that crap? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. You know what's cool in that documentary
0: is when they were talking about how he, he goes down as like the Guinness book of world records gave him like the fastest pitch of all time at like 100.8 or something like that. Like at one point in his career and they looked at it like since then. And it basically said that he was pitching like 107 or 108 miles an hour. Like if you were using today's technology, today's like radar detection and that kind of stuff, that's unbelievable. (laughs) Like it's not the same it's not the same argument. Then that's the whole thing. The guy
1: is a legend. Yeah. And and he's thrown that way for eight, nine innings. I mean. For four decades. Come on, man. There's nobody that comes close to that. Nobody. Randy Johnson was a beast. Also, the big unit was
0: incredible. <laughs> And, and actually, I'm surprised that he threw four, he had four thousand strikeouts. I know. I, I'm not even sure what the next closest to that is,
1: but four K is unbelievable. I think I think like, that's what he even said was like I got four thousand, and Nolan's got another thousand more than me, more than that. Like, dude, wh- when I was watching the you know the
0: documentary, and then all of a sudden, I see a stats at the end. He ended up with 5,700. I, yeah. I honestly think if he played a few more years, like he probably wouldn't have had another 300 strikeout year. Mm-hmm. But let's say he played three more yeah. years, I bet she would have gotten 100 strikeouts, three more years. He
1: probably would have hit six. Can you imagine 6,000 strikeouts? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this guy. This guy was unreal, dude. Yeah. And so, I mean, just incredible. Wow.
0: I mean,. What's that average strikeouts per year? So he ended up with what it, you said. 5, all right, 1, so, so
1: it's interesting because this is how I remember it it's 5714 because 714 was how many home runs Babe Ruth had. So, so okay. I just remember 5714. That's easy to remember.
0: 5714, and he played 27 years. Yeah, that's 211, call it 212 strikeouts a year. <laughs>
1: which doesn't sound like that many, but when you think so about he, he would have only had to play like, you know, two more years and would have got 6,000 strikeouts on an average, right? Easily
0: in two years. I mean, yeah. for crying
1: out loud. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Nolan Ryan is 850 strikeouts ahead of Randy Johnson, the next closest. And the current active leader in strikeouts is Justin Verlander. Twenty six hundred strikeouts behind Ryan, and Verlander's thirty (laughs) nine. So how many? What's what's Verlander's total? Twenty seven hundred. Did I say twenty six? I thought you said he was twenty seven hundred behind. Yeah, twenty six hundred behind Ryan. So you know, do the math, right? Yeah, three thousand. He's right around three thousand strikeouts. Oh my gosh. And here's the other one, the seven no hitters. He threw Yeah, what's the next one? He threw closest? one when he was 44 years old. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. And uh I'm 43 right now. <laughs> he threw
0: one next year for you me. You can't even throw one ever. I I can't even throw, you know, trash in the garbage, dude.
1: Justin Verlander is the active leader in no hitters. All right, with a total of three. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. The dude is a legend, like you said, man. Yeah, and- seven no hitters. <sighs> Those records will never be broken. No. no. Well,
0: especially now, like because we brought up that these pitchers don't go nine innings. Yeah,
1: and, yeah, that's know, right.
0: And- you got to go nine innings to get a to get a no. It's one
1: thing. To be the strikeout leader in a year. Okay. One year, get 300 strikeouts or 350 or whatever it was. Right. But do that consistently for 25, 27 years. Right. I mean, that's, that's (laughs) insane. And uh, I was going to say, you know, shoot, I was going to say something else about him too. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, Well, when you put
0: all, well, when you put all the stats together and you had told me this, I think it was off air, but you know that he, besides the seven, no hitters, besides the career 200 average, basically besides the 300 plus wins, besides the 5,700 strikeouts he like the one hitters, two hitters and three hitters that he had. Oh, right. Like unbelievable numbers. Yeah. So he was so close to other no hitters. You I, know, I, and, and ugh, it, yeah. Yeah, you got to listen, listeners, you got to watch that documentary. It's really worth your time and effort. Like there's so much trash out there and stuff that just isn't worth your time. It's worth your time to watch
1: it. I mean, if you're a baseball fan and you love the sport and you love the competitiveness, if you're a man even and and are just yeah. casual baseball lovers, you're going to love the story about Nolan Ryan, because he really yeah. is one of the, one of history's great athletes.
0: He is. And I even shared it with my buddy, my workout partner, who's not a baseball fan, who said that that Houston no hitter was not a no hitter. And I said, Hey man, cause he, so going back, my buddy who I work out with really liked the Michael Jordan documentary called the last yeah, dance, excellent. which by the way, we should talk about yeah, that sometime, we but We'll put that off for now. But like he enjoyed watching that. And I said, hey, you're not a sports fan, but you liked Last Dance. Watch the Nolan Ryan one on Netflix. And he watched it. And he said to me, um, let me bring up the text message he sent me. He said he watched it. He said um, he was a humble guy with amazing feats. And by today's standards, super under, super underpaid. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, also, you know, he said that like, he was impressed how like Nolan would tip his hat when like he accomplished something rather than like make a big deal and put the focus on himself about how great he was. He would just kind of tip his hat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, that think about today's standard, yeah. right? People doing the gritty, these frigging dances in the end zone. And like, (laughs) yeah, this bullshit, like
1: focus on me, how great I am. Nolan tipped his hat. Dude, people are doing the gritty when they get a first down. I mean, come on, guys. Let's just tone all this down. So ridiculous, man. (laughs) Like that's not being a
0: man. No, it's not. Talking smack is not being a man. Being a man lots of times is keeping your mouth shut and just letting your actual play do the
1: talking. The great ones do that, dude. Yes. I mean uh, except for maybe Michael Jordan. He was a big smack talker. But yeah, he, had- he was a smack talker, but he backed he it up like and there were times yeah.
0: yeah, and there were times where like he <laughs> even though he talked smack inside the game, he didn't talk a lot of smack outside the game. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't saying how I'm the greatest. Yeah. You know, like he didn't say that. Right. Even if you ask him today, who's the best player of all time, he won't necessarily say himself. Yeah. But in a
1: game against a player, he's going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to dominate. Well, see, that's what Nolan Ryan did. He did. So baseball is a different sport, right? In basketball, you can, you can, you can play the game aggressively, and you could do that and talk smack while, you know, somebody's got the ball, or whatever. But in baseball, because it's a different sport, a type of sport, the way that you play it, as a dominant pitcher, <clears throat> and he said this in the documentary, I'm going to pitch people high and tight if I don't like you, yeah. if I think you're too close to the plate, that's my plate, and I'm going to yeah. back you up. Yeah, I love it. He had no problems. Oh. He also had no problems with the type of game where it's retaliation hitting, right? So if somebody hits your yeah. player on your team. It could be later on in the game, or it could be next week when you play him again. But somebody's getting plunked. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. With like, you know, the the obviously the, like the historic moment oh. where
0: like he hits Robin Ventura. Yeah. Robin mature. Well, let's put this out there. Rob sure was a good player. Yes, he was. Like, I hope it doesn't go down as like that was his own no, like, he, he, thing. But he like, was a rookie that year, right? He was a rookie. Good player, I think so. If I'm not mistaken, and he he didn't want to get hit. It even said in the documentary, like he, the the team had discussed, like whoever gets hit is going to charge the mound, and he didn't want to do it. Going to charge Nolan. He charges Ryan. the mound. <laughs> Nolan Ryan in his 40s, like grabs him like a cattle. <laughs> Because Nolan's a farmer, you know, grabs him around the neck and just starts plunking him in the head. And then a whole fight breaks out. And like, it was funny how in the, in the documentary, it was like, Robin Ventura declined an interview for the <laughs> documentary. He <laughs> didn't,
1: <laughs> didn't want to talk about it. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, that was awesome. I, I watched that video like every couple of months man it's just a, you know it comes up a conversation you got to look at it again cuz it's just mm. so funny and it's just the yeah. epitome of nolan being a badass <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it's just awesome i mean you talk about
0: these these sports players man that are the best in their you know yeah your michael jordan basketball Nolan Ryan and baseball. I mean, certainly baseball is different because you have a pitcher. You might have hitters. You might have Babe Ruth and, you know, Mickey Mantle. And, and and there's so many hitters in baseball that you could bring up, but you know, Nolan Ryan and as a pitcher. And then, you know, you have these, just these amazing, amazing players. It's really awesome to just think about and learn about what these guys were like, not just, Not just their athletic ability, but what they were like in real life. You know, what kind of character they had. And specifically in this Nolan situation, he was faithful to his wife. His wife was a driving force, pushed him to greatness. Yes. You know, and just he embodied everything (laughs) that
1: we talk about on this podcast. So true. I mean, obviously, we don't know him personally, but. From everything that we could see and was revealed in the documentary and what we know from him playing and all the rest and how he carried himself. I mean, you cannot go 27 year career and then uh, be in the spotlight as the owner or co-owner of the Rangers. Remember when the Rangers went to the postseason and he was out there and he's, you know, he's, he's, you like to think that, you know, the guy, right? And every, it's very difficult for somebody to hide that from the spotlight yeah. for, for that long. He's been consistent <laughs> as far as I can yeah. see. And he didn't care about
0: fame. He didn't care about money. He just was so driven to greatness and achieved that greatness yeah. and then remained
1: humble inside that greatness. That's a man. <laughs> I wish I could be Nolan Ryan, and guess what, man, we all can. I wish I could just meet Nolan Ryan. We all can be Nolan Ryan in the sense that we can. In the sense that in our own, yeah, life. yeah. In the sense that exactly what you said, we can all be men, right? Be humble in the face of whatever accomplishments you have in your life, accomplishments, adversity, anything.
0: Stay humble, but speak truth right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of untruths being speaking, spoken, right? Yeah. So, you know, be successful, but stay humble, you know, and, and in times when you're not feeling like you're being successful, stay truthful and,
1: and stay hardworking and stand up for what's right. Uh, work hard. I mean, Nolan Ryan didn't get to be the best and 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 have all these records because he sat on his fat ass. All right, like, yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> but the but thing, thing is, this man like, what he believed in. He, he did. He, uh, we listen, James and Alan, and uh, we both work hard at what we do for our career. Right? We're not stupid. Right? We. Uh, I don't have to work out. Eight, eight hours a day to do what I'm doing, right? But I, I work hard in different ways, you know? And James right. does the same thing. We're good yeah. at what we do. We put our life and our effort into what's uh, what drives us individually. Yes. Put everything you
0: got into it and in everything you do, not just your career. In fact, more importantly than your career, into your family, into your children, yeah, if you
1: into... Yeah, yeah. If, if you nurture that, if you nurture that, that's going to, um, you know, it, it's going to pay you dividends, but you're not doing it so that you Definitely. get paid dividends. You're doing no. it so that you can have a a, a, a a secure base of your life. That's what we are supposed to be doing. Yeah, the dividends are the icing on the
0: cake. Yes. They're, they're the things that you're like, and when you get those dividends, you don't like direct focus on them. You say, you know, it makes you feel good inside. You get those feel good feelings inside your chest, inside your heart, inside your soul, your mind. And, but you know what you do? You don't focus on them. Yeah. You, you let them feel good for a second and you keep pushing and keep doing and keep grinding like you have. Right. Right.
1: You know, and um, that is that that is the cornerstone of everything, man, is your family yeah. and your home and your kids yeah. and your wife. Yes. And your, yes. Whatever. It, and we're not going to whatever it is that we're, we're not going
0: Yeah, exactly. Whatever that looks like. And we're not going to all be Nolan Ryan's. And that's OK. That's something that's taken me a while to figure out. Like, we're not going to all be Nolan Ryan's, mm-hmm. but we can look at Nolan Ryan with, you know, all sorts of, you know, just appreciation for his talent and his example and his leadership and his respect. And we can look at that and we can really adore that, you know, but at the same time we can recognize what our roles are in our spheres of influence, in our families, in our workspaces and our jobs, in our friendship rings and do the same
1: thing and leave the same impact in those in those areas, I couldn't agree more because, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's a, that's a, um, that's a part where that, that is very difficult sometimes to see, like, how do I, how yeah. do I be Nolan Ryan? Well, I'm not going to be a baseball player. You get caught up into that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But, but sure. the core, uh, of Nolan Ryan is being a man is being true to the family is being. Yes. Hard working and discipline, and all the stuff that we've been talking about and how to yeah. be a man or <laughs> what we should be doing as men. And then yep. Nolan Ryan, and we all it. have different roles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he did his part. Did he get more fame than you and I? He did. And that's okay. But, like, what are you and I and our listeners, what are each one of us doing, folks, to make the right choices, to stay humble, but to work hard and be successful, to speak truth and stand up for what's right, but to remain humble and work
1: hard. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think that Nolan Ryan was doing all this to be famous or to gather fame. I I think he was doing it because he had a drive and a talent to be the best that he could be with that talent. And he exactly. happened and to we be, could go- and he happened to be able to make a living from it. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But he wasn't looking and for dude, the fame. for that. No,
0: he wasn't. And we could go on hours talking about that documentary because I remember something <laughs> really about good. like in his first season he got paid like eight K for the year. Right. In that off season, he was working at like a hardware grocery <laughs> store or something. Like he got a job in the off season. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, that's a
1: man. That's a freaking man right you there for the Mets. And then you're working at Ace Hardware or whatever it was. Yeah, that's a man. Yes, absolutely. That's what we're talking yes, about. Yes, yes. This is what we're talking about right here. This is what we've been talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, anyways, (laughs) like we could talk about that documentary over and over and over. We're just going to spend just this, this time talking about it, but it's great. Check it out. Netflix. Yeah,
1: Very, very good stuff, man. I think you'll like it. And you know what? Email us with some of your comments about it. If you, if you watch it and if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, uh, we, we both want to hear about it. We want to hear about, Yeah, we want to hear about disagreements. We want to hear about like thoughts,
0: uh, opinions, uh, what you got out of it that we might not have gotten out of it. Anything would love to hear right. from you. This is what we've been talking at gmail.com.
1: You got it. This is what we have been talking at gmail.com. Give us a line. Let's hear you. Yeah. Hit us. Hit up. And uh,
0: we'll, uh, we'll probably wrap this up for this week, but uh Good news coming this week. Um, next podcast is going to be on site. Uh, yeah.
1: James and Alan hanging out, hanging out, going to get rowdy, get ripped and rowdy. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to throw, I'm well, throwing fastballs at you, dude. I'm going to oh, see if I can strike you oh. out. You strike my, out. my <laughs> fastball is probably like 72. Yeah, that's fast enough. But I can old. only throw one. <laughs> You can't strike out with one
0: pitch, dude. (laughs) Anyways, so listen, everybody. uh, Great week. Uh, You know, think about what we talked about. Remain humble. Work hard. You know, uh, stand up for truth. And um, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, man.
1: I can't wait. On location. On location. Let's do it. All right, guys. All right. Everybody have a great week. <laughs> have a great one. See ya. See Bye. ya.